Welcome back. Process preparation and performance. Coach Learman came through. JR, we have his tagged guest on the show. We got Coach Thomas from Kickapoo Football here tonight. But we got the clinic coming up February 17th. If you want to get in, you have to direct message us on Twitter, uh, the Breakdown Sports one. We're limiting space. I don't want – this has never been a clinic where it's just a lot of coach speak. This is actually guys telling you what they do, why they do, how they do from start to finish in practice, what they do in film, how they're looking at plays, what they're looking at in the games to adjust and to do this and to that. It's just there to help people, but we're not going to let everybody in. We're not letting a bunch of people in. Plus, it's just going to be the best damn food you've ever had, JR. I mean, <laughs> Coach Bud is cooking barbecue. And I think the people who already registered for the clinic are only coming back for the barbecue, to be honest with you. Because last year, some people brought like two guys from their staff. And this year, I saw them at the state clinic. And they're like, hey, are you going to have that, that clinic again? And is the same guy cooking food. And now they're bringing <laughs> all 10 of their coaches. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Holy cow. But we're so happy that the coach is here tonight. JR, the sunshine came out, right? <laughs> we had like two weeks of no sunshine. And it finally came out. Is that making the kids at your school go crazy or what? I think they're crazy regardless, but I think that's just kids anywhere. Uh, the, like you said, the sun come out today, it was 68 degrees here. So it was, it was nice to come home. One, the, the, it's daylight. So finally that time's moving forward. And then two, it was just warm. So I was reading something the other day. It said uh, Missouri, it doesn't have just four seasons. It's got like 20. And so this was like uh, fall, spring one, and then we'll go back into winter two and then fall, spring three. And, it we were talking the other day it, we got about what another eight weeks here before it's actually going to get somewhat consistently warm which is just it's wearing on me i guess maybe i'm getting so close to the end uh to where i'm not going to have to do my day job here before long that the sooner the sooner the better i'm ready right. to get uh somewhere move to the equator move uh maybe have like a uh, a house in australia you know live there in the winter months because it'd be summer there and then come back but yeah, it's. I'm tired of winter already. I'm just tired of it. Today was beautiful. Hopefully next week will be nice, but who even knows? But we, I tell you what, like you said, Coach Learman came through, and he said our guests would be extremely entertaining to talk to for the two of us, and uh, we're we're hoping that's the case. But we have we've got a great guest. We have Coach Nate Thomas from Kickapoo High School, and Coach, we want to officially welcome you uh, to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate you guys having me on. Coach Learman's putting a lot of pressure on me here, so. It, it'll, it'll be fine. So we're going to kick this right off here, Coach. Uh, I believe, and we didn't ask you uh, before we came on, that, that you're a feed the cats guy. You kind of know who Tony Holler is, I think. And I saw a post that you had asked him, what in the heck do you use to move this indoor portable runway? And if nobody knows what I'm talking about, they ought to check this thing out on the on the Twitter. So I'm I'm infinitely curious. What did you end up with? Uh, we ended up buying a 150 foot uh, rubber runway uh, that goes indoors um, that we can roll out. I'm also the the sprint coach uh, for the track team. So uh, I was a sprinter in, in high school and college. Um, so um, I kind of get to do something else that I also, I, I really enjoy. So 
Um, I went up to one of his football track consortiums about five years ago, and and it completely changed how I view speed training, and and being inside and being you, you've already kind of commented on it about the the weather here in Missouri. Um, it just just taking the pounding and running on that that linoleum and, and the hard floors in there, our kids were were getting banged up before the season even started. So it gives us a place where we can go we can go run and work on speed year-round now we had coach holler on here what, what was it bill probably one of the first maybe 10 episodes yeah, i think that we had early and on. we had never really talked to him and it was it was amazing just listening to him and and where he's gone i think he said he'd even went over and worked with uh like i don't know if it was premier league level but one of the higher levels over in uh england for the soccer league or they call it football so whatever however they want to classify this thing but it was really cool talking to him and how much people are starting to embrace that in the track football consortium and when he ended up giving us brian kula who that was a pretty interesting conversation as well and it's kind of it's kind of neat um it's on that theme of feed the cats what convinced you the most to do that I was uh, the the guy I ran for in college, uh, Kip Javern. Uh, he actually ran in the 2000 Olympics. I was there in in 2002, uh, running for him. He was a decathlete, so that's all I knew at the time. And I know when I showed up to practice and I had him behind me, he would jump in there and practice with us. Um, and when you got that that guy behind you chasing you for, you know, an hour of practice and you can't get away from him. Um, I just knew practices were really, really hard. Uh, they were very, very long. Um, it wasn't something that I particularly looked forward to. Um, and the way Tony presented it, it was complete opposite flip side of it. They're short, they're quick. Um, he's all about, uh, you guys have already had him on record rank and publish. And it, it, it has that, that competition piece that, that kids want to go. They want to go out and perform their friends every day. Um, and they get upset with me um, very often. Uh, I know the first day of practice, we go out and we run flying tens, um, and usually we only do four of them because I tell them the minute they get slower, practice is over because we're not working on speed, we're working on conditioning. And they are ready to fight me because I'm not letting them run anymore because they can't go out there and try to beat their buddy and somebody's got bragging rights for the next 24 hours. And it's just a different way of of viewing it. And it's gotten a ton of sprinters out for us, uh, which is what it's about. And being able to pick from those guys and girls that we have has been really special for our our sprint program uh, there at Kickapoo. I agree, Coach. Speed kills, man. Speed kills. So Kickapoo football. How'd you get there? What do you love about it? And what makes it so that you want to run into the school every day like your hair's on fire just to be around that program? Uh, I grew up in Nixa, uh, Missouri, just south of Springfield. Uh, I was a I was a three sport athlete there and had the opportunity to uh, go play at the University of Central Missouri. Uh, Willie Fritz was the head coach there at the time. Uh, he recruited me to come play uh, wide receiver. I was kick returner, punt returner. Uh, the track coach came and got me uh, after two years being there. Ended up running track there as well. Uh, I got a job right out of college. Uh, I was I stuck around. I was a GA for a year, helped out with the wide receivers there uh, on on Coach Fritz's staff, and then uh, I jumped to Liberty uh, right out of 
right out of college. I was there for 11 years. Um, the original Liberty, that's where I met Coach Learman. Uh, very, very good friend of mine. A very, very good football coach. Um, and then had the opportunity to come down here. Uh, Kevin Armstrong, uh, a guy that was coaching at Ozark, which was our big rival in, in, at Nixa when I was playing. He, he gave me a call. They had an opening at Marshfield. Uh, and we moved down here, took a head job there. And then I've been at, at Kickapoo uh, for the last seven years um, here in Springfield. And uh, absolutely love my job. Um, number one, because of the kids I get to work with. Uh, they are um they're unbelievable it's it's something that like you said i'm excited to come to work every day because we have uh right now we have 153 kids uh 9 through 12 and they're just we have great kids um and, and we have great coaches uh, i think the thing one of the things that sticks out about kickapoo is um is the head coaching camaraderie that we have um you can go to a district soccer game and it's not out of the ordinary to see the head basketball coach, the head baseball coach, the head football coach, the girls head coach. We're all sitting in the end zone. We're watching them. Um, we all get along very, very well. Uh, it's one of the things I look forward to is my 25 minutes of lunch uh, every day where the head coaches go in there and, and we throw darts at each other for 25 minutes and see how worked up we can get. And, uh, it's kind of the more success you have, you know, you're going to get more, you're going to catch more heat in the, in the coach's office. And, and we kind of, we kind of root for each other really hard, uh, kind of behind their backs and they see us, but um, it's just an awesome place to be. You mentioned R Willie Fritz. Uh, we were lucky enough, Shane Meyer, who is his director of football operations. He went to UCM and then yep. he coached the Jeff city to where I got to know him. So we had Shane on. Uh, when they were at Tulane, which Willie's now moved on to Houston. And uh, Shane was showing us uh, some pictures of their swag shop thing that they did and kind of telling us about that. And it got me to thinking, it looked almost like a little bit on like Halloween. And so Coach Lehrman told us that there you have a Halloween story uh -huh. about you dressing up in, oh, a, in a costume uh, or something. And uh, I, is that something you could share with, with everybody or uh, – yeah, um, we had a game on a Friday night. Uh, my my first year at Marshfield, um, we're playing our the biggest rival that we play, and we roll into warmups, and an unbelievable storm rolls in, um, and we sit around, we sit around, we sit around. The ADs finally get us head coaches together and say, "Hey, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bang this thing till tomorrow. Let's come back at eleven o'clock tomorrow." So we come back at at eleven o'clock. Um, we have a really, really good Rogersville team on the ropes. Uh, probably shouldn't have had them where we had them. Uh, and we had a uh, first and goal from the two going into score with about a minute left, and we fumble. Um, and we we fumble it into the end zone. The ball goes out to the 20. They kneel on it. It was just a – it was a tough, tough game in the middle of the season. And I don't know if you guys – remember it about nine years ago there was this clown phase going around where people were walking around in these clown costumes um so i don't know why but i thought uh, i'm gonna liven up practice a little bit uh kind of kind of lighten the mood a little bit and at marshfield you gotta understand two sides of our practice field is surrounded by woods like you, it, it ran the out of bounds line. You take two steps out of bounds and you're in the middle of the woods. Um, so 
I had a clown mask. Uh, I hid in the woods with an axe. And as the kids are warming up, going through warmups, um, I came tearing out of there with my hair on fire and hilarity ensued. So um, it got everybody's attention really quick. Uh, got their mind off of losing to one of their rivals. And we had a really good practice that day. But just little, little things like that, those, I think those guys will probably remember that more than probably football uh, that season. But um I'm one of those guys. I'm weird. I'm a little weird. I got. A, I'm kind of an acquired taste. Um, I know I had some some call, calls in ads, and uh, I'm glad you didn't do that at our school because you'd have got called in. But um, it, was just, it was just one of those deals. I was trying to lighten the mood a little bit. I think with kids, sometimes you, you got to do things out of the box. Uh, yeah. Though, I mean, those that have listened to the podcast or know me, I mean, I coached baseball at Jeff City for a long time, and. Some of the things we would do, it, it wasn't illegal. It was just borderline. Uh, you're on that line a little bit, setting off sure. fireworks at practice. Or uh, probably the best one we had a uh, we couldn't beat Rockbridge, and they they were just good. I mean, they had dudes, and I thought eh, let's have a little voodoo ceremony, and <laughs> looked it up and. Uh, you know, and got all the stuff together and did this little ceremony and thought, yeah, whatever. And then we beat them. And I would never touch that stuff again. It just because <laughs> it was like, wait a second, if there is something to this, uh, I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And it, it was the funniest thing because when I finally uh, stopped coaching baseball, at JC, I left that stuff in the locker. I would not touch it. It was on the shelf uh over my desk I, I don't know who touched it I, I, we're out of that place now but i would never touch love it. it again so, love it you got to do fun stuff like that uh absolutely with, with kids so well jr and I, I we were coaching one day um over at jc and we both walked out with do-rags on our head yeah <laughs> like different colored do-rags yeah. kid you know they're just laughing and stuff like that and you know, we're, we're running some offensive drills and it was like, okay, if, if you catch it and score, you got to do your best end zone dance. Right. Oh yeah. The kids are doing end zone dances. We're having a good time. I remember backflips and we were posing yeah. for pictures when we were scoring on the defense. It was making half the staff really bad. Yeah. Uh, really bad. But you know what? We didn't drop a pass. No, we didn't. No. We didn't no. drop a pass. Oh coach. That's a great story. I hope you have a play call. That is just it or clown or whatever, whatever you need. I hope you Stephen got King, Stephen King. Yeah. yeah something. Uh, I want to ask you another question about football. Um, and it's, it's on a completely different note, but after the story, I don't know if I can anymore. We should have saved that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what in your mind, you've been doing this a long time, makes a good assistant coach. You know, you had a, a coach on right before me, um, that for a very, very long time was one of the best assistant coaches I've ever been around. Um, you talk about a guy in Andy Learman that had absolutely no ego. Um, he was going to do whatever needed to be done. Um, he, I know he talks to his guys about it. I know I talked to my guys about not, not being too good to dig a ditch. Um, and, you know, I, for the longest time when I was growing up, uh, my grandpa had a sign above his living room uh, that I would come into his living room and um, it said, whatever you are, be a good one. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's part of um, 
what makes a great assistant coach is you're not looking to the next step. Um, you're going to be great where you are, be great where your feet are, um, and and make the biggest impact that you can have on our football team right where you're at. Uh, we have really, really good assistants at, at Kickapoo that that absolutely do a phenomenal job with our guys that that make it special to be part of their group. Um, we're very lucky. We're we're two platoons, so. We're on two sides of the ball, uh, so you actually kind of get your little core group of guys that you're around the most. Um, and our guys, our coaches, just do a phenomenal job of getting guys to be able to run through a brick wall for our program, and uh, they make it special. So it's everything that you need as a head coach for a successful football program is to have is be surrounded by great assistance, without a doubt. The Springfield area. I kind of noticed from the AD, the AD side of things now, it, it's really taken off with facilities yep. and just the quality of teams. I mean, occasionally you would – Kickapoo would be good or, or Glendale would be good at this. Or I guess – I don't know. Do you all include Willard in that area or is that like the red – Five <laughs> high schools in Springfield is yeah. uh, Central, Hillcrest, Parkview, Glendale, and, and us, Kickapoo. It seems like you're you're all getting good. And even when you add in – Nixa Republic. I mean, everything in that area is just, it just seems like it's exploding. Um, yep. You mentioned you, you grew up in Nixa. Did you know Jason Bourne? No, uh, that's a character loosely based on myself, I believe. So yeah, that's me. I, I, you got a striking resemblance there. Uh, so I figured <laughs> I would, uh, I, I'd have to ask, I wrote that down in my pre-show notes. I'm like, why do I know? I was like, he's from Nixon, so Jason Bourne. Okay, yeah, Jason Bourne. Yep. So that, I had to slide that one in there, Coach Duke. Uh, I don't know how you're going to follow that one up. So I'll, like it. I'll give it. <laughs> well, I thought you guys uh, were going to have fun. Yeah, we're going to have fun, man. Uh, you mentioned it, JR. You said facilities, right? So I, I've been to Kickaboo. I, uh, I watched my son play baseball there when he was at Jeff City and stuff. Uh, great, great facilities. But one thing that's popping up on social media now, are, are these indoor facilities that schools are building in Missouri, which, man, I can't, I can't tell you if I'd rather have an indoor facility or spring football. I don't know which one I'd rather have first, but that indoor facility that, that I see being built, those are really nice. We also have what just passed, now, JR, I'm going to get a little deep, sorry. Just passed the house is open enrollment. With five <laughs> high schools in Springfield, are facilities going to – if you build an indoor, are more people going to flood into Kickapoo than the other four? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I went into our AD today talking about these exact things is, um, you know, that's getting ready to go to the Senate. And, you know, they're they're going to have – if that gets passed, you, you're going to be able to pick up and, and, and go wherever you want. Um, so you better have some things that's going to attract uh, – not not so much athletes, but parents um, to your schools. And uh, if you don't, uh, I think you're going to be behind the game because it's become it'll become a facilities race uh, a lot like you guys saw in college football not too long ago with the locker rooms and I mean them spilling, spending millions and millions of dollars on just the locker room and the training facilities of we have this and nobody else doesn't you need to come play for us uh, so it, it's a huge advantage uh, not having to you know turf is one thing you know I was at Marshfield where we were on grass 
glass. And if it rained, you better put your – I mean, you're going to be wet. Uh, and it, you're not going to be able to play on the turf. So just having that is a big advantage. But when you add that indoor piece and being able to train in there, um, you know, I, I think those indoors are, are going to be used every single day by programs across your entire school, band, PE, every sport. Um, I, I think it's just a huge investment for those communities uh, in a positive way. We host state track every year where people kind of get a chance to come up and join the circus there for, for a couple days. And when we had, uh, before the, the tornado in Jeff city, obviously across the street from us was a bunch of houses. And when the tornado came through, you know, it wiped all those out, unfortunately for those folks, but we were able finally to get, you know, baseball, softball on campus, get soccer there. Interesting story talking about having fun. It was a funny story. So when that tornado came through, everything was set up for state track. And it just threw it everywhere. I mean, it, it looked like a, a war zone when we got over there and roofed the press boxes off, bent the million-dollar scoreboard a little bit. And this lady called the school, it was probably a day later or so, and said, y'all going to come pick this thing up? So, well, what are you talking about? And she said, well, there's a pad in the backyard. And so, so people went over to look at it. It had set the high jump pad with the standards and the pole perfectly down in the backyard like it was competition ready to jump. And of all the things, you know, that could could have happened, that, that was one of the weirder things. You hear about all these strange things with some of the, you know, some of the weather events that go on. But you're right on facilities. It's just, uh, it's amazing because even some of the, the schools around us, I mean, we're a pretty big school still, even though we split, but everybody's getting turf. Everybody's starting to try to get things more on campus. And then even, uh, I guess, I mean, we give a shout out to Eldon. They just built an indoor facility uh, here, which is probably the first in the area, I would say. I don't know of a different one. And I guess for my final one, before we go to this two-minute drill, I, I guess you could probably uh, – I am was trying to think of something funny here. Describe state track. Um, I did it for three years as an athlete, um, and it was a lot more strict than what it was now when it was over there uh, right across the strength at, yeah, Lincoln. Street at, at yeah. Lincoln. Um, and, man, you couldn't blink wrong, and they were going to deke you and, and, and walk you out. Um I think it's awesome. Um, we're, what we do now is it a? It's a big production, without a doubt. I don't know how you guys pull it off, uh, to be honest, because uh, to be as efficient and on time as you guys do it, um, I think it is very, very impressive. But just to be able to see there, sit there, and be able to watch everything, I think that was the, for me, that's the that's the greatest part because in when they had it at Lincoln, you know, you had the kind of shot off in the corner, you couldn't really see it. You're banking on, you know, the the disc and that stuff going on, but it's all right there, and it's just a it's just a cool atmosphere to be a part of, without a doubt. If we could ever fix the sum of the parking, we do the best we can, but it's amazing. We'll run those golf carts to go pick people up, and we've had so many funny – I can't tell hardly any of them on air. That'd be for a totally different podcast. But it's uh, – I think the farthest I took someone to their car in a golf cart, I took them a mile and a half. 
Oh my gosh. And we had one instance. I can tell this story. There was a lady. I think I'll say who picked her up in the golf cart, but they picked her up and she told him that uh, she goes, I'm parked way over here. So he starts driving. She, he's like, here? No. He's like, keep going. He's like, is it here? No, keep going. She had him take her to Sonic and order food and then bring him back to the, and then bring her back to the stadium. It was, that was one of the better ones that I'd heard. There, there's some others. Like I say, I can't tell coach. If you're up this year for state track, I'm always up front letting everybody in with the ticket scanning. Come find me and say, Hey, JR, tell me that story. And I'll, yeah, we'll I'll, I'll share it with you. It is, uh, it's one of the all time classics. It, it'll make you laugh for, for days. I love it. That's for sure. Love it. Good stuff. Coach Kickapoo football. Great season last year. End it with, um, Joplin and you open with Joplin. What are you doing this off season? What are what are you talking to the kids about going into that game? Is it something to prove? Is it just be you? Is it be where your feet are? Knowing that you don't often get a second chance at a first impression, maybe. And it's not necessarily first because you guys are all down there. I'm sure the school's met many a times. But to have that back to back, what what's the mindset? You know, number one, I'm glad that running back's gone. Uh, he was special. Uh, he, he's going to South Dakota State, and he was he was a problem uh, without a doubt. I'm glad we don't have to prepare for him. Um, but you know, w- with every coach that I've had come in and have our e- exit interviews, uh, I, I've had my seniors come in and talk of um, you know next year seniors of uh, it's going to require us all to level up. Um, that conference is uh, a completely different animal. Uh, it's it's comparative to you know the SEC down here in Southwest Missouri. Of you're going to have to bring it every week in order for you to have a chance to win. Um, so it's it's you know I don't know if it's any really really any different than it has been in the off season. Uh, our guys do a really really good job in the weight room. Uh, we were lucky enough to go over to Glendale to their state powerlifting meet last year and win it as a team. Um, and you know Joplin's there. Um, you know, and it gives us a chance for our kids to go compete in the off season. Uh, it, you know, it's just hard for your you to tell a guy, hey, it's January thirty first or it's February first. I need you to get ready for a game that's getting ready to happen in 211 days it's up on the board in our weight room it's 211 days till august 30th changes every day they see it um so it gives them something in between to go compete with um and i think they're excited about it. it's what we need for what we're going to have to to go through in our district um to get where we want to be i i agree coach i i agree completely i'm talking to the kids at tipton even like you got this many weeks man you got this many weeks. You might be asking me, well, why, Coach? Why? I got time. No, you don't have time. You don't. Mm-hmm. This is uh, you're going to get tested every Friday night. Nobody shows up to watch a math test. They do show up, however, to watch that football test. Yep. They show up a lot to watch it. And that head coach and those coaches get evaluated way more than any teacher in the building uh, by everybody in the community, every newspaper, everything else. So, no, we don't have time. It's it. The time to prepare is now. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the old, old saying, when's the best time to plant a tree? Either 20 years ago or today, right? You don't, you don't have time to wait. Love it. JR, two-minute drill. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'll I tell you what, though. I, I do got to gotta say one thing, though, because everybody, everybody that knows this is going to ask me, what's the story, what's the story? And so 
the only two parts I'll give away, and then coach, I'll fill in the blanks this year at the big class state track meet. It dealt with uh, the three things a lady, a gambling visor, and a cigar. <laughs> and it is one heck of a story. It is one heck of a story. That's so, the makings of a good story right there. It is. That's like, uh, it's like when we went down to McDonald County for the, uh, semifinal or not semi quarterfinal football game with Jeff City this year. Uh I drove and I looked at the two people who rode with me and I said, this has got to be the start of a joke. So an assistant AD, a head tennis coach and a reporter walk into a bar. And I said that's that's a that's the beginnings of a great joke. So I, I had to I had to clear add that little tidbit. So Bill, I am ready now. And coach, you will need your phone for this. You will need your phone? cell phone. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I am gonna ask one two-minute drill question. I'm debuting it today. Uh, okay. That you will need. You will need your phone to answer the question. Okay, I got it. Jr. From now on, when we intro the two-minute drill, we need some intro music. We need to find. Hey, play it here, Coach Thomas. What do you think? You get the pick. What, what What do you think our intro music from now on should be for the two-minute drill? You got anything off the top of your head? Uh, it's got to be something fast. Anything Metallica. Uh, Anything Metallica. Metallica? Let's yeah. see. What do we got here? Master of Puppets. We got Master of uh, Puppets be a good one. Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh, that's a Blackened. Whom the Bell Tolls. The only other thing I could think of, greatest rock band that ever lived. What about Cashmere by Led Zeppelin? Ooh. Yeah, that'd be I, pretty good. Can't I think that's that the intro. best rock song that's ever made. Pretty good. The best that is ever made. I'll have to get a hold of Jimmy Page and see if he's cool with us using a uh, <laughs> twenty-second snippet of it. We're gonna have to get uh, we got to get a rock god on here. <laughs> well, okay. The two-minute drill. Here's how it works, Coach. I got five questions. Jr.'s got five questions. You got no timeouts. You're you're on your own forty. Go and you got it. You got to go sixty to make it happy. You're down by five. Just the touchdown. You don't even need the extra point. Don't need to rely on a kicker or a snapper or a holder. You just got to score, baby. Got to score. So if you get all five questions from me, you answer. You don't pass. You get all five from JR. You don't pass. You will get the chance to ask JR or I or both any of the questions, but you can't ask him the story because he's got to tell you in private. (laughs) (laughs) So the two-minute drill starts right now. Coach, best pizza. What are you putting on it? Where are you getting it? Stone Canyon in Parkville up in Kansas City. Uh, it's taco pizza. I'd eat it all day. You a morning person or a late night person? Late night. You said you're an offensive guy. The weirdest play call on a Friday night? Uh, weirdest play call? I – we had a – it would have been, oh, six uh, – seven years ago. We had a team playing cover three, kept jumping the curl, jumping the curl, jumping the curl. Uh, get with my quarterback, uh, tell him, hey, we're going to tag the wheel in behind this. Next first down, it's coming. We call it. Um, he throws the curl, of course. It gets knocked down. I call a timeout, spend about 30 seconds uh, chewing on him pretty good over the headset, told him quit trying to reinvent the wheel, go throw the wheel. Uh, goes out there and we throw a touchdown on the very next first down. <laughs> What's your zodiac sign? Uh, Pisces, I think. I don't know. I'm an April dude. Is that right? 
I think that's right. Yeah. Somebody yeah. out in the S astrology world is going to like comment to us and be like, it isn't that, it's Scorpio. Okay, whatever. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Pick a character. Look all day long. What TV show would you like to be on? The Office. Nice. Your phone rings and you know it's this person because of a certain ringtone. Which is the weirdest ringtone you have assigned to somebody? You don't have to tell us who it is. I'm, I guess I'm the freaking old man that doesn't have ringtones. It just rings for everybody. It's all the same. I'm sorry. I don't have a good answer for that. No, that's one. perfect. That's perfect. That's great. Last missed call on your phone. Uh, my dad. Hey. There you go. Last question for me, Coach. It's pretty simple. Is fundraising – oh, the two-minute timer just went off, so we're there. Is fundraising necessary or obsolete? Necessary. So the last one I have, since we debuted this, I've used it, and it's gotten some entertaining answers. You have to pull off a museum heist. You can take museum three, heist? Uh -huh, you're going to steal stuff out of a museum. Okay. You can take three people with you. Who are you taking, and why are you taking them? Uh, I'm taking John Wick. I'm taking Jason Bourne. And I'm taking Chris Farley. If we go to jail, I got to have somebody entertain me. So those other two are going to take care of business. Me and Farley will be ought to, ought to be able to just walk in and just take whatever we want after that. And if we get caught, those two are going down. And I'll go to prison with one of the funniest dudes that's ever walked the earth. I tell you what, it never occurred to me that somebody might use people other than who they knew right. and give a great explanation for it. <laughs> Right. Oh. That that's fantastic. That oh. is fantastic. Coach, great job on the two minute drill. Um, I wouldn't have thought about Jason Bourne, but you put that in there real nice with Nixon. Nice job. Yeah. Nice job. Uh any question you'd like to ask JR or myself? Who's the most influential coach in your life and why? Go ahead, Bill. Um I'm gonna pick two. Uh Number one is um, my high school football coach, my freshman through junior year. He left my senior year. Uh, he attacked every day with uh, just this passion and enthusiasm that um, I'm still searching for. He had that much of it. And number two was a guy who actually never, never coached me past a little league. Uh, and that was my dad. My dad knew nothing about sports. He was a mechanic guy. Uh, fixed cars, built his first car when he was 12, uh, ended up going to the Marine Corps, all that stuff. But when he coached me, he knew nothing. He knew nothing about any sport because he didn't play any. So really all he, all he wanted to emphasize was you start it, you finish. Are you given your best? What do you think you need to do? Right? Like he encouraged me to figure stuff out. Right. And because he wasn't just, patting me on the back all the time and telling me good job, which rarely happened. It made me want to get better at something, right? My dad and I, we never talked about sports. It was more just, it was more just, Hey man, 
you got practice today, man. What's going on? So it was the it was the coach who didn't know anything about the sport I was doing. Awesome. I'm gonna pull a uh, a Jose Mourinho. I don't know if any of our listeners know who he is, a high-level soccer coach, coach Premier League teams over at Roma. So I'll say my most influential coach is me. And uh, I went through the trials and tribulations and finally figured it out. And, you know, I think everybody everybody learns at their own rate, and I think everybody's got influence on them. But I've kind of figured out what I think works for kids, and obviously some of the success I've had with baseball and whatnot over the years and just – some people are going to be like, yeah, dude is freaking arrogant. Yep. And I've got a book coming out that will tell you how to run bunt defense and coming out here in, uh, what, 30 days. And I got to get this thing finished in 25 days and get the manuscript. In. So, awesome. but, but yeah, it's good stuff. That's and good. Bill, by the way, before we finish, yeah. we promised the listeners you were going to give the cliff notes version of your dad checking himself out of the hospital, which is one of the funniest stories. I've ever heard in my entire life when you told it to me. So you're going to have to, you have to sum us up with that one here real quick. Um, uh, about two months ago, I get a call that my mother is going to the hospital. She has bad asthma. Uh, I'm like, okay, talking to my brother and sister, uh, keep me updated. Let's, Cause they're in St. Louis where I grew up. And 24 hours later, I get a call that now my father is in the hospital. Right. I'm like, OK, do they, they got COVID? What's going on They're They're up there in age. Um, so I drive down there and my dad's there and the doctor comes in and, and look, my dad's a Vietnam vet. I'm a physician. He tells me, you don't know what you're doing. You're just practicing medicine. You ain't perfected it. Uh, you know, right. Like he, he's all he's on you like he he's hmm. super sharp. OK. And um, so I tell the I tell the guy in the ER I'm like look my mother is here she's admitted do yourself a favor put him in her room or put them next to each other like there's this symbiotic thing if he's far apart he's going to find a way to get there so you better figure it out my mom gets to go home the day I get down there I take my mom home and I I call and I go hey look I'm going home now. Dad's okay. Mom's okay. I'm going back. I'm going back to work. I call. I go, hey, how, you know, how's dad? He ain't here. What do you mean he ain't there? He checked himself out. What do you mean he checked himself out? He's fine. He's going home. I go, no, no, no. Time out. Time out. His labs were all jacked because he was drinking like several gallons of tea a week. So his kidneys were like boxed out of this world. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's got to stay there because he's not breathing well. And I, I call him. I go, what are you doing? He goes, your mother was at home. She needed somebody to help her. I go, how are the hell are you going to help her? He goes, they don't know what the hell they're doing, Billy. He's just The best part is how he got there. How he oh, got yeah. to the so, house. So I, I called and I go, well, my mother is at home. She can't drive. And they go, yeah, his cousin came and picked him up. I go, cousin, what are you talking about? And they go, yeah, somebody just showed up. He said, oh, my cousin's here. I'm leaving. So I called and I go, dad, what's going on? He goes, oh, I just called my cousin. I'm like, you haven't talked to your cousin in years. Like, he goes, yeah, but I called him, told him I needed to run over from the hospital. So he called his cousin who they don't 
like never comes around. I, I think I've seen the person once in my life and shows up, picks him up and takes him home. I'm like, this is the museum heist question that JR is asking. Who are you calling if you're robbing something? You're calling people nobody's ever seen. It's totally crazy. And knowing wow. your dad, it is it's classic. It yeah. is this is the same guy, Coach Thomas, that walked out on the field in the middle of warm-ups at Chaminade just to tell everybody hi. Because <laughs> nobody's gonna tell him no. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. So you just accept it, you adapt with it, and you just move on. It, it was it was one of the best best things ever. That's one awesome. of the best stories. <laughs> My mom is beside herself. You know, she's a frail little five foot hundred pound lady. And she's like, he called who? He did what? I mean, <laughs> just ridiculous. Well, I could tell you another story next time, JR, about my dad in a bowling ball that oh, will, gosh. it'll, it'll take, it's ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> coach, I, I don't know. I don't know you. Uh, I never met you. You answered a text from some guy you never knew of. Um, and I can tell you just by talking to you, I know your kids are getting everything they deserve. I mean, you're doing a your record aside, you guys are doing good down there, obviously. Uh, but I could tell with the passion that you speak and the love that you have for kids and changing things up and how you want them to be based on things that you did that Kit Kapoo's headed in the right direction with you, man. So I, I hope they have in there, know what they got. because um, JR and I have seen a lot that you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? This is not that case. Um, but the oldest game in the book is tag. You got tagged. You were it for 30 minutes or so here. Um, who are you going to tag next? Um, I got. I'm going to turn the screws on on Learman before I I pick my guy. Uh, I think he he thanked everybody in Clay County except his wife Amber, his daughter Inslee, his son Landry, and his other son Brecken. So I'm going to tell them thank you for everything you do for Coach Learman and everything you guys give up for Liberty North football. Um, I love you guys. I uh, appreciate you. I know Coach Learman does. Sometimes he forgets to tell people out in public. Um, but my, mom, my my wife's right over here in the other room, so I'll tell her thank you. And my wife, Tara, I've been with her for 22 years. And my and my son, I, he's a sophomore. He's with me up here at Kickapoo, Merrick. And then I got a 12-year-old girl, that Blakely, that uh, they allow me to do something that I love very, very much. So uh, they're very, very important to me. The guy I'm going to tag, JR, you're probably going to like it because he's a baseball okay. dude. Uh -oh. um is is jason hauser oh uh, man i tell you we've had some battles we've had some battles over the years at the hauser he's he knows what he's doing this he will is, be good. Uh, he's the most detail-oriented guy i've ever been around uh he's also he fits the uh kind of comedy i bring to the table i guess um he's a very funny dude uh he's a little dry um but um you talk about a guy – I go out literally uh, when practice ends in the spring sometimes to just go watch him practice and how he runs things, uh, how he coaches the guys um, because we share a lot of a lot of dudes. A lot of baseball guys play football and vice versa. And uh, I know I've walked off the field several times with things in my back pocket that I've taken from him uh, just because uh, he, he's a phenomenal coach. He's a phenomenal teacher. Uh, he's a great father. And he's just one more coach there at kick that we can point to as coaches and say, hey, you go go be like that guy. Awesome. We will be uh, 
Well, I'll be excited to have Coach Hauser on her. We played them in some very important games occasionally over the years and gone down there to kick poo and play them. And that'll be a good one. That's great. Thank you so much for, for coming on, Coach. And Bill, I think that's, uh, shoot, that's episode 43 that's in the books. And for those out there, our listeners in Singapore and uh, Norway and uh, our one friends have not come back recently. I think uh, they finally figured out this is an American podcast and they've given up on us. Uh, but if anybody would like to, please go on to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. If you think we suck, whatever, one star of the thing, send us a comment and I'll send you a one-worded response back or something. And you can find us on Twitter. Uh, it's Breakdown Sports, BRK Down Sports on Twitter. And Bill, send us on out of here. For J.R. Simmons, me, Coach Duke, and Coach Thomas there. This has been episode 43 of Process, Preparation, and Performance. God bless, folks. Stay safe. Do your best. And always give thanks. See you later.